if you would like to subscribe to Nav Game Change with Shane and Mike. Contact me at Michael Wooten at MyChristChurch.com. Welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We're glad to have you join us for today's show. In this episode, we'll talk about taking a rest. The world is chaotic. Our jobs and lives can feel like they are speeding us along a million miles per hour. There are times we have to pull off to the side of the road and take a rest. Why should you rest? In what ways can you rest? Shane and I are going to talk about that today. Let me bring in Shane. Shane, what do you think about the cadence of my voice today? Uh, it's fantastic, Mike. Yeah. I, I feel like when, when, when you start talking like that, I yeah. just feel like the game is on. You watch out. It is on. We are at it. You know, speaking of taking a rest, we, we kind of took a rest from recording Navigating Change. <laughs> and now we've kind of kicked it back up. Would you say the response to us kicking up has been overwhelming, underwhelming, or just whelming? Uh, I, I think you know. I haven't got any emails. I haven't got any. I haven't got any mail or feedback of any kind. Or feedback of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm not making myself available enough for That's it. it. You probably don't get out much. It's probably there. It's just yeah, missing it's there. It. Yeah, I'm kind of living uh, the life where I'm like Elvis, where you're always kind uh, of. Uh, yeah. That didn't end well, but it he, didn't. It didn't. I saw a video of Elvis. Because the new movie came out yeah. recently, so I've seen all a lot of the the, the uh, clips of him when he's young and good looking. He didn't look great at the end, Shane. He looked like he was suffering a little bit there. You know, I had lunch today with Elvis with Larry Weber. Okay, a lot of people say Larry res- reminds them of Elvis. Yes, but anyway, Larry uh, actually saw one of Elvis's very last concerts. It was in South Dakota. And Larry actually saw him. I mean, he was very, very toward him. And he said Elvis didn't look real good. Yeah. But he said Elvis could still sing. And he said it was still a very, very good concert. But isn't that weird? We were just talking about that at lunch today. And here and here I am talking about it. Wow. Have you seen any artist like that, uh, like Elvis type caliber, the Beatles? Or have you seen anyone like that where you're just like once in a lifetime type of concert opportunity? You know, probably uh, the most iconic person that, that I really enjoyed, I, I saw George Strait, okay. the, yeah. the country. And, and you got to remember, when I lived in Georgia in, in the late 80s and early 90s, I mean, George Strait owned the airways. I mean, he could gargle, record it, and it would be a number one. Yeah. And so it was really cool to, to go yeah. to a concert. So I'm in St. Louis, but, you know, first of all, He's just so huge in his field. The other thing was, he just doesn't put out a lot of energy, man. He just he just played his guitar and he sang. Does he lean back a little bit? Yeah, I feel just, like just a little bit. But I mean, he just he was just pretty straight up, played his guitar and sang. But uh, there was one point at which he was doing "Cowboy Rides Away," which is kind of where he ends his stuff. And Mike. You remember how Elvis used to gyrate and yeah. stuff? Oh, Everybody yeah, crazy, oh, oh, crazy, you know, yeah. and, and and do all the crazy like stuff. George Strait yeah. reached out and touched the end of his hat, <laughs> and people went bizarre. <laughs> oh, true. I mean, he stopped playing and just touched the end of his hat like he was going to tip his hat to everybody, and people went berserk. Why? 
because it was so much out of character. <laughs> I mean, it was out there. He's alive! Exactly. No one had seen any kind of indication. That kind of energy was going to be Speaking of hat, you were wearing a cowboy hat, I assume. I was not. What? You own a cowboy hat. I do own a cowboy hat, but I don't ever wear it. Come on. On a Sunday? Never. Just before you go to the pulpit, you put it down. No, but you... it doesn't really happen. Because then you'd have like a, a red ring oh, on your forehead, true. right? That's true. Yeah. I owned a cowboy hat as a kid. And I went to a Garth Brooks concert. Did you, with my did you wear the cowboy hat? I did. 1994. Nice. Uh, I wore that. I think it had a little red ribbon, a black cowboy hat, little red ribbon around it. Uh, I also was given uh, a rope, like for a lasso, a legit one from my grandparents who sat in my closet my entire childhood. And a rope like that, you have to work it. Mm-hmm. And so really when you when you grab a hold of it, it is hard and tough to maneuver, but I never used it, so it just stayed in the closet. So I want I was like Toby Keith. I didn't wow. want to I wish I were a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you should have been, been a cowboy. Yeah. Well I noticed in the last show that you quoted Garth, Garth Brooks That's and that threw me off a little because I, I guess I don't know. But I never really associated you with somebody who listened to a lot of Garth really? Brooks. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love Garth Brooks. I just listened to some of his songs just the other night on Amazon Music. He's not on Am- He's not on Apple Music. Okay. He's only on Amazon Music. He's got some kind of deal with them. So if you search uh, Apple Music, you can't find any Garth Brooks songs. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay. I've never really searched. Are for we a doing Garth a podcast Brooks. still? What's that? Are we still doing a podcast right now? Isn't this lunch? <laughs> okay. All right. So Shane, you know, at lunch you slow down. You do slow down. And you take a rest. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You recently went on a vacation, right? Uh, a month-long vacation. And now, Shane, why why do we rest? What's the importance of rest? And maybe even what do you think are some healthy things to do while you're resting? One of the things I think people forget is that there is strong, strong theological underpinning for rest. God created the world in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. Uh, Rest is actually theological. Rest is a regular part of the worship life of a Christian person. And so I think when we fail to rest, Mike, in in some ways, it's like failing to have devotions. It's like failing to witness. It's like failing to give. I I think rest is an important part of the rhythm of Christian living. And the, the verse I just love that, that just hits me over and over is just be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. And you can't be still at a full sprint. And sometimes you just got to slow down. And I think everything in our culture uh, really works against that. Yeah, I was talking, literally last week I was talking with someone who told me they took their first rest in uh, a couple of decades. They took wow. a vacation and they feel like it's the first time they've rested in a couple decades, actually going on three decades. Isn't that something? And we were talking about how how painful it can be, actually, for people who love to work. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I'm sure there are a lot of reasons, but it actually is kind of painful to slow down and work. Would you Do you understand that experience at all, Shane? Have you ever uh, felt that way when slowing? Is it easy for you to slow down? You know, easier as I get older. Okay. I saw a bumper sticker a few years ago. It said, Jesus is coming. Look busy. And I think I was sort of raised with a little bit of that, mm-hmm. you know, that the doing is, is, is the important part, what we do for Jesus. And I think in a lot of small churches, and, and frankly, Mike, we're a nation of small churches. In a lot of small churches, pastors aren't going to preach rest much because they have so few volunteers now. 
and and the idea that that you would encourage people to yeah. take some downtime, you know, is 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 pretty dangerous. Yeah. And then if the people aren't going to get arrested, why would they want to let their preacher rest? And so I think that we kind of are in this cycle, you know, to quote an old Alabama song, I'm in a hurry and don't know why. I think we kind of end up in, in this pace that gets increasingly unsustainable on one hand, but I also think it, it takes us further from a, a soul-heart relationship yeah. with God because it's not always the doing there also has yeah. to be the being. Well, it goes back to what you were talking before and when you were talking about giving and, and worshiping. There has to be a discipline with it. It's just, we just naturally go into a state of rest. It, right. We have to figure out ways uh, to put ourselves in position to rest. So, Shane, when you if you were like trying to help someone in terms of them getting a rest or what they should do when they rest, are there anything you would recommend they do or just things that you do that really help rejuvenate you while you rest? Well, one of the things I would say is, is help them think about it, reconstruct the word. So rest is not an absence of things to do. Okay. Rest is something to do. Yeah. Rest is something you put on your Outlook calendar. It's not something you get when nothing's on your Outlook calendar. So we prioritize rest. So, so one of the things I talk to pastors about all the time is take your day off and take every day of your vacation. And a lot of pastors really fight against this, Mike. So it's not surprising that, that rest doesn't get preached much because yeah. pastors kind of stand against it. For me, I have to disconnect. And, uh, and for in my own life, if, if I stay too close, I, I tend to get drawn back into the busyness of the thing. So as I've gotten older, longer vacations actually work better for me. It, it takes me just a little while to kind of get the rhythm of busyness out of my system. But uh, rest is something I think that should be structured. It, it, it should be something we say, okay, what are you going to do to rest? No yes. one says, you know, I'm going to go to work. What are you going to do? Well, nothing. Right. You do something at work. Mm -hmm. So rest, I'm going to have a time rest. Well, what are you going to do? I think one of the things you got to do is you got to spend some time with God. You just got to spend some time with God. Uh, another thing I think you got to do is put yourself wherever it is that you best experience God. I'd go there more often. You know, I, I'm so blessed, Mike, because probably my favorite spot on the earth is... Uh, the upper porch off of my cabin that overlooks a ridge that goes into a uh, into a, a drainage basin for a creek. And I think about this all the time. Every morning at 6 o'clock, Melissa and I have coffee. And my favorite place in the world is outside my own door. And yet, if you don't discipline yourself, you won't even sit there mm. because you'll always be too busy. So I think a part of it for me is spending time with God. It's putting ourselves in a place yeah. where we can experience God. And it's also just an opportunity to, to filter the noise out of our lives. You know, another, I think, important uh, aspect to think about here is working our minds. Even on vacation, we have to work our minds or when we take a rest work our minds uh, i find that it's not work stuff that right, i'm right. trying not to do work stuff as much as possible uh to work my mind but i i will read mm -hmm. 
Um, if there's another side project I will do, I will do that. Uh, but I need to do something that actually is engaging me a bit intellectually in those times. Yeah, and, and for it, this is weird, but for me, I do better with physical labor. And maybe it's because that what I do is such an intellectual endeavor anyway. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, for example, we took a month off. If you had to kind of divvy it up, I spent a week in the mountains with, with our kids and grandkids. We spent a week on the lake with our best friends. And then we spent two weeks at home, and I decided to reseal and restain my cabin. So this is a, probably a six $7,000 labor job. Probably takes 80 hours. It's pretty hard work. But I just decided to do it myself. I'm still not done. But part of resting for me was just getting out there every day and doing this. Just doing the work by myself, alone with my thoughts, alone with God. And that was something really good for me. And while I did all that, I wrote a manuscript to a book that is going to be coming up. So rest, I don't think necessarily means you're not busy. Yeah. It just means you're doing stuff that rejuvenates right. you instead of what you have to do. That's right. And what you have, and you're resting from what you normally do. That's right. Right. Uh, the doing other, nothing stressful to me, Mike. I, I tend to walk around my house, <laughs> yeah. and Melissa will say to me, she'll you say, need to "You need to, you need something to do, and you need to leave." But but having nothing yeah. to do stresses me. I know for you, uh, and I do some physical activity, but you don't do a lot of hiking on mm -hmm. these vacations in the past yeah. too. But that's again to the body. You got to move your body. This isn't about laying down on the couch or something, eating potato chips and watching TV. That's right. You know, you got to move your body around because when you get back, you want to be ready to engage whatever it is that you do. That's right. And, and for me, doing something other than what you do that you really enjoy doing. You know, we live... I. I we live in a cabin in the middle of the woods, uh, and in my forest floor, the trees fall all the time in woods. People in town have no idea how often trees fall. They fall constantly. They're always dropping stuff. And so every fall, when the vegetation uh, kind of dries up a little bit, and there's not poison ivy anywhere, everywhere, you know, you just grab a couple chainsaws, you wade down into yeah. it, you saw the trees up, you stack firewood. I find that stuff to be really, really restful. So I don't know that rest looks the same for everybody. Sure. If I was a lumberjack, I wouldn't think oh, that Oh, you was wouldn't rest. want to do that. No way. Work. Yeah. But uh, I think rest looks different for everybody. Yeah. So you have to kind of know what your rest is. But yeah. putting yourself, my definition of rest is putting yourself in a position for your optimal connection with God. You know, for me having a young family, I know during rest times, it's, it can't be all about me. And I had to learn this, you know, uh, yeah. six, seven years ago. Uh, vacations were a lot different uh, before we had children, I guess 10 years ago now. Uh, you could really focus on me and I just had to think about my spouse. Now a portion of every vacation goes towards spending time with my kids and putting up with them, Shane. Right. That's how I put it. Well, it's not just a portion either, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm... it is... It is the majority of no, what you're doing. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I've always said, you know, marriage is the antidote to selfishness. Mm -hmm. And having a family is the antidote to marriage. <laughs> because, you know, if you think if you think marriage involves sacrifice, have kids. Because the one thing that always seems to get pushed out when we were raising kids was what I wanted to do. I mean, that, that always came last. Yeah. And now that we're empty nesters, I hate to say it, but I do what I want to do the vast majority of the time. But when I was at your stage in life, finding time for myself yeah. 
was really, really hard to do, Mike, and, and just being able to rest and to breathe. I do think the last few years uh, when I was, uh, I had a vacation, I was working on a little bit of schoolwork. I found that the only time I could carve out for myself that I could justify was schoolwork time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a little bit of, of work on, on work. And it's because that family time can be uh, can be so draining. And now I don't have anything else to do but to spend time with my family. In fact, Shane, we're getting a puppy next week. A puppy? Yeah, a golden doodle. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting a puppy next week. Isn't that week. a cookie? No, 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 no. But we may, we may name him Oreo. So possibly, <laughs> maybe you're yeah, right. Maybe, maybe yeah, like a glass of milk and a yeah. golden doodle. Yeah, Shane, I know I talked about this a couple of weeks Puppies ago. Puppies would be the opposite of rest, right? But dogs. No, we're making memories. Well, why are we go. getting one? We're making memories, and we'll never get a puppy again. I'm sure of it. You will. If you do it once, you'll do it again. It's like a tattoo, man. Show no. me somebody with one why tattoo. Why would you want it? I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I know it's going to be uh, uh, torture, but we're trying to make memory for the girls. All right. A couple weeks ago, I talked about reevaluating goals, too. I think during rest time, Shane, it is an opportunity for people to reevaluate goals or vision, direction in life, maybe even to appreciate some things that had happened over the last, you know, X amount of months. I think there's two pieces to it. One one is I I just call flipping over your baseball card. I remember when I was a little boy, uh, let's take a player that had played a long time, Willie Mays. I'd get a Willie Mays baseball card, and I would flip over the back, and it would have all of his statistics from all his seasons. I mean, the whole back of the card was filled with stats. And I think rest sometimes is the opportunity to flip over your baseball cards and just look at how God's used you in your life, kind of recount the journey, remember this season or that season. But I think those can be pretty good times just to say, God, you are good. I just want to remember. Yes. Melissa and I have done a few uh, road trips where we've gone to places where we used to live, gone to a restaurant we used to go to, and just sort of uh, basking in the mm. goodness of God is, is, is a wonderful, restful thing to do. Well, Shane, do you have any concluding thoughts on slowing down and taking a rest? Find a sweet spot. Just find your rest sweet spot. You know, for some people, their sweet spots the beach. For some people, their sweet spots the mountains. Uh, my sweet spot, sitting in a Adirondack chair on my elevated porch, overlooking my woods and the Sugar Creek bottoms, with my 12-year-old rescue dog, who sleeps 22 hours a day, and my wife. And so, find a sweet spot. There is a old helm. It says there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. And that's what I think we have to look for, Mike. That is our sweet spot. Well, thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We'd love for you to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Shane and I, go to Facebook or visit our websites at RevShaneBishop.com or RevMikeBoo.com. We'll talk with you next time. And make sure that you keep the change. Thank you.